0: Welcome to the WeedWorks podcast. It's blunt talk about working in the cannabis industry. I'm your host, Matt Hoffman. WeedWorks is brought to you by Handgrown.jobs. Handgrown.jobs connects cannabis job seekers to cannabis employers. It's a free resource for people that want to get a job in the cannabis industry. If you want to start your green dream job, then head over to Handgrown.jobs, sign up, Create your profile, upload your resume to 100% and start applying for those exciting careers and essential careers in the cannabis industry. The WeedWorks podcast is recorded and brought to you by Handgrown.Jobs. And talking about getting a job in the cannabis industry, WeedWorks has partnered with a nonprofit organization that makes free resources available to community members who'd like to get a job in the cannabis industry. Have you struggled with getting a resume? Do you not know how to get into the industry? Unsure if your skills will transfer into the cannabis sector, our cannabis, the nonprofit organization, focuses on cannabis workforce development. All the resources are free to community members. If you'd like help, You can reach out to Our Cannabis at contact at ourcannabis.org. That's contact at ourcannabis.org. Again, all the resources are free and available to anyone who would like help getting into the cannabis industry. You can also reach out to the WeedWorks podcast directly. Our in-studio hotline is 616-206-3240. And that connects you to the WeedWorks podcast where we can answer your questions, thoughts, concerns and have a blunt conversation about working in cannabis. Let's get into today's podcast. I'm excited for our guest and let's just dive right in. Okay, welcome to another episode. And today we're gonna be talking to Brett. He is celebrating his first year anniversary working in the cannabis industry and he lives in Colorado. And I saw his post on LinkedIn and went, hey, cool would you like to talk about your experience on the podcast? And he was like, sure. And I was like, all right. So we are going to be having a a talk with Brett and we're going to get his take on what a year in the cannabis industry has been like. It looks like that he's been promoted and that is exactly what I want to see and what I want to hear. So we're going to get on the phone with Brett and get his story and get his thoughts about working in the cannabis industry, the good, the bad, the ugly, and kind of prepare you guys that way, you're walking into the industry with eyes wide open. Here we go. Hello, hey, Brett. It's Matt Hoffman. How's it going? Pretty good stuff. Oh, another day at the office for me. Just uh, drinking my lunchtime energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's an integral part of my life. I'm, I think I'm addicted to these things. Oh no. Yeah, well, my only problem with them is that I run out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right, so thanks for participating in the podcast. I saw your post on LinkedIn, and I went, whoa, cool. All right, somebody who's been in the industry for a while and could kind of share your story, your background, and give some people some insights about what it's like to to get into the industry because there's such a lack of information. So thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. So let's dive in. What's your, what's your story? What's your background? How did you first get into, get into cannabis?
1: Uh, well, exactly. Basically about a year ago. And I just really wasn't sure myself, you know, but I did some research and, you know, found out that she had to go through certain, you know, background checks and, and, you know, hoops that you're going to jump through, uh, and finally was able to, you know, figure out what I needed to do to get into the industry. And uh, at that point, you know, made the jump and did everything I needed to do. And I was able to find a job, you know, relatively quick within a a week or so after getting my, you know, employment badge for the industry. It was was, uh, pretty wild that I found one that fast.
0: Yeah. Why do you think that was?
1: Well, where I'm at, um it's basically a gateway to two other states, so there's I'm in a small town, but there is like thirty dispensaries here, yeah, so it's so saturated that everybody needed you know workers, i guess
0: yeah so are there are there still thirty dispensaries in that town? I
1: believe so, roughly, give or take a couple
0: yeah so why why cannabis why not uh trucking or retail or anything else in the world? Why, why weed? Uh, like I said, it's pretty saturated here.
1: You know, um, we get the, a lot of tourism where I'm at, so it keeps uh, the industry really thriving here. So that, that's why it's easier to find a job. You know, I've done other things. I've done plenty of other things, yeah. you know. But uh, it would be the the easiest way to find one and, a little more stable and steady.
0: Yeah. So where did you start? Uh, like what job did you take just to get in the door and where are you now? Um, I took
1: you, uh, oh, took you uh, I took a <laughs> bud tender uh, job. And right now I am uh, assistant GM.
0: Nice. Very nice. Do you think that you could take your skills Across the state or across the country, if you decided to move anywhere,
1: uh, I, I believe I would be able to. You know, the, the only difference would be probably regulations and maybe point of sale systems. But other than that, I think I'd be able to.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree completely. Okay, so you did a little bit of research before you got in the industry. What what were the things that you that you had expectations and then how do they match up in, in reality? Like, what'd you think the work was going to be in the job and the industry was going to be? And then how was it in real life?
1: Right. Um, well, obviously you think if you didn't work in the weed industry, everybody's, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, happy go lucky kind of people. And, and, you know, like to do the same thing you like and, you know, but, uh, there's a lot of people in the industry that actually, you know, don't even, partake at all so i mean it's kind of hard to sell something to somebody if you don't know what you're selling
0: right uh
1: but uh it's it's i don't know if i had expectations you know but uh there was things i I would i guess expect there but you know it's it's always a coin toss to what's gonna happen you know
0: yeah, did you feel, you know, I get a lot of questions of like, am I going to get arrested working at a dispensary? And I'm like, no, you're not. You know, if, if anything happens, then, you know, it's there's there's something going on at the higher level. Or you're doing something illegal like stealing or something like that. But have, right. uh, have you been arrested yet? <laughs> have you had the doors kicked in?
1: <laughs> no, but, I mean, uh, there's always places that get raided because they are not doing what they're supposed to, you know. But that's mm-hmm. everywhere yeah
0: yeah um do you make a livable wage? Is this something that you could make a career doing where you're at now as far as the salary? Um,
1: you know I would say it, it would uh the salary for basically where I'm at mm, it's it's enough to get by gotcha you know um as much money as the marijuana industry makes. Uh, they have definitely enough financial backing to be able to pay their employees more than what they do. Uh, But, you know, it's, it's the whole thing of, you know, once you get money, you want more money and you don't want to share it. So, Mm -hmm. so it's a little hard for, you know, the, the smaller guys in the industry because, you know, they, they're just considered a certain thing and, you know, nothing more. So, I mean there there is there is more that they could do but it's not as good as you would think it would be.
0: Yeah. Starting salary at least here in Michigan for bud tenders is anywhere between 12 and 16 dollars an hour. Is that about right for where you're at? Uh it would be 12. Oh, wow. All across the board basically. Okay. Yeah, that um 12 would be the the bottom bottom end. Here. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Do you think that there is upward mobility? What is uh, next? Yeah, what's what's next? Like AGM, GM You never know. I mean,
1: uh depending on how the other treat uh states treat, you know, this uh industry and and everybody to vote it in. You could go other places. So you could always, you know, if you if your company expands into another state, you could be regional, et cetera, et cetera. You know you, you could go up, but I mean it's basically a ceiling at that point until you're an owner, you know.
0: Do you think you'd ever go into ownership? Ah, uh, you know, I don't I don't know
1: about that. That's that's uh quite expensive to even apply to own anything uh in the industry
0: yeah without a doubt
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: so do you work at a mom and pop shop or more of a corporate place
1: uh it's a mom and pop spot we we've got the two locations in two different towns and have our own grow but you know it's it's probably going to expand from there
0: yeah do you think that uh, you would stay with mom and pops or would you prefer to go to a more corporate environment?
1: Honestly, I would rather stay with mom and pops because that's what I want to see thrive and, and do well in uh, smaller communities and everything. Yeah. You don't want corporations being able to push everybody else out and, you know, then basically control everything from the top all the way to out the door. So, it's nicer having a little leeway with uh, more of a mom-and-pop spot. Plus, it helps with the community.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that leads to my next question is, and then know you're in Colorado, so it's a very different world. Uh, how do you deal with the stigma? I mean, friends and family, and then in the community, is there a stigma around working in cannabis?
1: Um, slightly, because where I'm at is kind of a still an old-fashioned kind of town um but you know colorado's always been known for you know good uh marijuana you know especially like telluride and stuff like that so even you know when i was growing up i knew that somewhere in colorado they had good stuff because everybody would talk about it even though i did not live in colorado yeah. so it, it's always been a thing it's just sometimes it's a little more hush hush sometimes the older folks don't really like it much but you know it's the whole stigma from, you know, propaganda when they were younger, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So you are working in retail. Why did you choose retail and not processing or in the grow facility? What drew you to retail?
1: Um, You know, I went towards retail because I figure working in the grows is too tedious and repetitive for me. Mm. I would like to be able to meet new people. Talk to them, you know, maybe learn some things, share a few stories. you know you you, you can learn a lot from uh, people that you meet in the industry because there' there's not always necessarily buyers you know it's It's somebody from another dispensary or from another grow or or an owner of another sort that would share things with you and talk to you about stuff. so that's why I went with the retail instead of the grow operations, Gotcha.
0: yeah. Have you grown, or have you had any experience in growing? Yeah, oh yeah, I I
1: grow every year
0: at the <laughs> house because you know it is legal here, right? Yeah. So, what are some of the challenges working in in cannabis and in retail?
1: Uh, challenges mostly uh, making sure you're staying compliant with everything. I mean. Colorado very heavily regulated with yeah. the marijuana industry, so you always got to stay on top of it because you know there's not always a bulletin sent out because something has changed. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, you you kind of be responsible for staying oh, on cool. top of it. Um, other than that, really, it's mostly uh, a smooth sale, and until you you know every once in a while you run into those customers that are just extremely hard to deal with, you know. Yeah. Other than that, it, it's a nice, relaxed environment for the most part at the mom and pop spots. You know,
0: yeah. Okay, so what's the? I, I guess what's what's the best part about working in in the mom and pop cannabis scene?
1: Well, the environment, obviously. I mean, you're not as highly regulated as the um, corporate to where you have to do this and this and this on top of everything you have to stay compliant with. You know, it's just, it's a little too strict and, and impersonal as a retail shops. You know, we're more personable as a small shops. you know, because we're, we're there for a, a collective reason. We enjoy the industry. We, we enjoy the product. And, you know, we genuinely enjoy interacting with people. You know, it's a big difference between just having a job and you know enjoying what you do. So that would probably be the difference between the two, you know.
0: Yeah, and you know, I had a podcast yesterday with a young lady named Tori, and actually two, two this week, and a guy named Kenny and Tori, and they both were like, "Look, I fucking hate my job. I just, I just want to do something that I'm happy to do, and I want to be around people that want to be there and that are happy to be there." And I said, "Well, you know." Nobody's in cannabis cuz they have to be. Everybody's there because they choose to be. It's it's not right. that that way yet. So, do you think that do you think that the level of satisfaction is higher working in in cannabis or people happier having those jobs? Does that does that ring true? You know, I would probably not agree with that. No kidding. Um How come? Uh,
1: my own personal experience and then hearing many, many customer Experiences with other places. How you know uh something as simple as a you know customer asking a question, and the butt tender basically is so bothered to wait on this person that they tell them because it's something that they should know. You know, just be able to spit out right away. You know, to help the customer. Yeah, and they'll tell them you know you could just go down the road to the next guy. Oh, you know, yeah. it, it. They seem to be bothered. And I I don't understand why, if it's that bad, why wouldn't you just go find something else? Why would you make everybody else's day or experience, you know, just as bad as yours is on a daily? So I, I don't understand that. And that's probably the problem. It's just the turnover rate is so much because the industry is so young that you're getting younger and younger and younger people running the places that really don't have that experience to be able to do so yet. Yeah. So it kind of drives out quality of hiring instead of quantity, you know?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I didn't think about that. I mean, and in, in Michigan, if somebody did that, they, they'd probably get attacked talking to a customer in right. that way. But also we don't have 30 dispensaries in, in a, in a town. You know, we've got right two or three dispensaries within 150 200 mile radius. So, oh man, yeah. There's no, there's no like, get on down the road, go to the next guy. It's like, oh my god, thank you for coming. You drove two hours to be here. Like, we're stoked to see you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a totally different scene. So, you know, thinking about burnout. You know, I, I love working cannabis. This is going on my 11th year, I've owned a dispensary a grow and, and all that stuff. All right. But I definitely, there are, there are times. And I think that everybody experiences this, especially in customer service, where it's like, Oh my God, I just don't want to talk to anybody. I'm burnt out. Like <laughs> I need a vacation. It sounds mm-hmm. to me like, it, it sounds to me like people are burnt out. Do you think that it's too long hours, too many days, consecutive days in the shop? Why do you think people that were probably so stoked to get a job are just being dickheads to people? How do you think that is?
1: You know, it, it probably is you know, a combination of the things, you know, the, the the long hours, because you get exhausted real quick when yeah. you're interacting with hundreds of people on a daily basis. You know, it's a, it's a bit exhausting. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess you could get burnt out because there's a lot of places that don't offer any sort of vacations, any sort of benefits, any sort of really any compensation or incentive for you to continue going and being that good customer service person that you started out being, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what, what is some advice to future owners on how to treat their employees better, how to retain their employees? Uh, Well, you know, that's always simple. (laughs) But it, it
1: is, is that, you know, advice ever going to be heated when it, you know, when it comes to, you know, so of course, always listen to your employees, no matter their position, because their position has nothing to do with maybe the ideas that they have, you know, it's uh, if they're there and they like to be there, they're there willingly, then, you know, maybe you should take the time and effort to listen to be able to make your place better because it's not always your ideas that are the greatest in the world, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, are the, are the owners? Well, okay. So the first question is, why did you choose the company that you're working at out of all the companies that were there? Why that one? And how many did you, how many did you apply to an interview with and why did you settle on the one you're with?
1: All right. Um, I applied to several. I did, you know, interviews and working interviews with two others and settled on the one that I was at because they were prompt. They were courteous and they didn't seem like any kind of odd, (laughs) you know, odd stuff was going on. Okay. So that's what I settled on there. And I, I didn't, I enjoy it for a while, you know, it's, uh, it's always the environment and morale, you know
0: how did you spot the odd stuff going on? That's a question that I've been asked, and yeah, um yeah, so how did you how did you go? oh, I think something's going on here I don't want to be a part of well,
1: uh when they had multiple different positions doing multiple different job descriptions, you know. So obviously you have people doing three to four separate jobs that should be three to four separate employees doing that on a daily. Right. And so they're basically having them do more than they should for what they're getting paid hmm. and doing manager stuff on top of it, which is just not right. And you know, regulation wise. Yeah. So there's just little things that they ask you to do or. If you would be willing to do, you know, uh, on top of how the storefront itself looks, you can always really kind of fill it out. If it's, <laughs> if it's not something that you'd be comfortable doing before it was legalized, then it probably shouldn't be something you're comfortable doing while it's legal, you know?
0: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. That's the, uh, fall off the truck specials and stuff like that. Stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah which, which is surprising that it still goes on. I mean, it's, it's shocking to me. I mean, when I was running, it was, I, I was in a gray area and over time it became black and white. Um, and I thought as a, as a business owner who could hold a state license, if, if the people are treated right if everyone if, if we hit all the gold standards of best practices for just treating each other and our customers well and we hit the if if we're hitting our yields and we're consistent then it's it's basically a money growing facility like there's right. there's no other thing other than a golden goose that would be more valuable than than a lean mean happy motivated team in a cannabis company and i just when I hear about the off the truck specials and things going out the back door, I go, what the fuck are you guys thinking? Like, are you crazy? Here's this yeah. Uh, like, uh, Oh my God. That's, that's taking the golden goose and being like, you know what? I think I'm just going to go choke this thing for no reason. Why not? I'm bored. Oh, mm-hmm. Like the money's yep. not that good doing, no. doing that activity. And then the jeopardy, Oh man, the penalties are so severe. Oh mm-hmm. man, <laughs> I can't, I'm just, that flabbergasted me every time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, yeah, you, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, you figured that they wouldn't even consider doing that, uh, considering that from seed to sale, every gram is tracked. Right. You know, so how could they get away with that? You know, I don't understand.
0: They do. They do. And But the thing is, is that it's, that type of activity is not long for the world. It's, it's not, you know, five, well, five years would be pretty quick, but 10, 15 years from now, those guys probably won't be in business or, or maybe they will, I don't know, (laughs) but I have to think that they probably, they, they won't be. So what advice do you, do you have for the job seekers out there? What do they need to know going in?
1: Well, oh, um, obviously they, they, they've already got to have a love for it, right? I mean, otherwise you're just looking for another job and it's, it's probably not going to be a fit for you, to be honest in the beginning. But, uh, one, if, if you like it already and it's something that you're already digging, then it's, it's nothing but learning, uh, strains, failing, you know, terps, phenotypes, you know, it's just a lot of research that they have to do. Yeah. To be able to serve people correctly and tell them what they, you know, would be better off with or what they're looking for. But it, it's it's a big learning curve and if if that's not what you're willing to
0: do then it's probably not for you, you know. Yeah. What resources did you use to increase your knowledge? Well,
1: um I haven't been in the in the industry long but I have been partaking for a while. <laughs> So, I've learned a lot of things over the years, you know, by just talking to other growers, you know, when, before the industry come around. And honestly, Leafly is a great resource as well for learning, uh, strains, parent types, you know, uh, effects, how the stuff makes you feel, so strain wise. And, and, uh, it also tells you your uh, the uh, turf profile to tell you what those are for, so there's a lot of things that Leafly itself can help you out with if you're willing to learn.
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan, and I was very early on when they came on. I went, Oh, okay, cool. Here's my money, take it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you have any uh, questions for me? Uh, how long have you been doing the podcast? Oh, so I've been doing the, I started doing this in um, January, February. I started buying equipment and then it took forever to get here because everyone was buying equipment and then the COVID shipping. So I've been actually podcasting for about two months and I am working through a backlog right now. I've got about 10. Ten or twelve backlog episodes, so I've just got to the point where I'm technically proficient enough that I can go through and and create an episode and then edit it and publish it within the same day. <laughs> and that's a okay. <laughs> yeah. It takes about three hours to do one hour of podcast edits, and I you know I'm I suck at it. So as I go forward, then I'll get better. But yeah, this is I think this will be episode. Fourteen or fifteen, and it's fun I love it you know i'm a I'm an extrovert I'm a people person i if I got paid for talking, which I do then uh that would be the best thing in the world, so I'm very happy to do it <laughs> and uh you know the the biggest thing was for me is that there's i I've been in cannabis so long that i know i know what I know, and mm-hmm. the experience that that my team and i have is is pretty unique and there's such an interest in getting in the industry and there's not a lot of credible bona fide, legit sources of industry. And and Leafly is one of them. I love Leafly and Weedmaps too. They're, they're, they're great, Mm -hmm. but there's not a lot of people out there that can say, Hey, look, I've done this job. I can tell you how to do this job, or I can, I can give advice on how to make a resume or how to prepare for an interview or just, open some eyes to, hey, this is what, this is what the perception of working cannabis is. And then this is the reality. And so I've, I've talked to, I've, I've had wannabe interns on the podcast. Then I've had Bruce Linton was on a couple of weeks ago and he was the founder of uh, Canopy Growth. So I talked to everybody and, and I like to talk to people like you who've worked in the industry, because if it's just me on the podcast, just talking, then and that's pretty boring. So it's nice to hear from people who are out in the field and have first hand experience. And it's exciting for me because there are things that I learned from you that I just didn't I didn't even think about. Like the like the attitudes of some of the employees where they're like, Yeah, just go down the road. Like that right. blew my mind. I like whoa. So I try right. to get as many diverse voices and minds on the show as possible and we just it's just a blunt talk about working in the industry i want to know the good the bad the ugly and i just want to hear people's story and and share it because there's there's a lack of knowledge of one how to get in and then two is it legit and then what is it like working in the industry so that's really the the point in the podcast is just to support workforce development it's it's a riot it's my only complaint is if if I could just walk in here and turn on the microphone, and then when the podcast is done, just walk out, let someone else edit it, that would be the best thing in the world. <laughs> 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 I'm not a I'm not an editor, so <laughs> that's the only that's the only sticking point that I have. Mm. But yeah, it's uh it's it's been fun. It's been totally fun. Nice. Yeah. So, do you think you'd uh, stay in the cannabis industry?
1: Yeah, uh, I think I would end up just staying probably long term, uh, because there's nothing but, you know, everything's going to move forward, right? Yeah. Um, there's going to be more state legalizing. It's going to become more widespread. It's obviously going to become larger because there's going to be higher amounts of revenue generated. So I think, yeah, I would end up staying, uh, in the industry never know where it's going to take you. So you never know. You might get to get transferred to a state you've always wanted to be in in the first place, you know?
0: Well, yeah. What, uh, what state would that be?
1: You know, particularly for me, I don't have a preference to be honest with you,
0: <laughs> but as long as it's
1: not cold, you know?
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I was about to pitch Michigan and forget that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, My family's right.
0: from Michigan. I
1: don't think i want to go back up there.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it's perfect right now in the summer. I mean, it's just perfect. You just a Michigan summer is hard to beat. But oh yeah, as soon as fall ends, hang it up. It's over here. Like I mean, unless yeah. snowmobiling is your thing or whatever. But nah, um, yeah, I'm. It's something where Michigan is is hiring AGMs and GMs, and they have been for the last eight months. And so, oh wow, yeah, you know, there's. I think the employers right now are spoiled for choice where Mm -hmm. it seemed like where you were in Colorado that they just needed bodies Where here. If there's a, if there's an opening, then there's going to be a ton of applicants. And Mm -hmm. I think that's just because of the interest in the industry and people's passions. And I also think that because Michigan designated the cannabis industry as essential, that it was one of the only places that was hiring, and yeah. I think that legitimized the industry in probably the eyes of, of the people, which it already was. But <laughs> either way, and I think that people are starting to see it as like a, a viable career, and yeah. the wages are, are are a little bit higher here, um, which is which is good for the people here. Um, but it's something where. Let's say, if life took you to Michigan or somewhere else, then yeah, I think you could just kind of walk in the door. I mean, met- Colorado's a metric state, right? You guys use yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, so that's apples to apples on that one. And then most of the point-of-sale systems, there's there's just a handful of them that one yeah, is probably much. the same as the other, yeah. So yeah, that could be a uh, pretty turnkey. So are you involved in the the hiring process at your company? Um,
1: No, the GM does all the hiring. Uh, I would sit in on interviews and discuss that, but I mean, it essentially comes down to his decision.
0: Yeah. What is it that when you sit sit in on an interview, what is it that makes you go, okay, yep, let's hire this person?
1: Really, that all depends on attitude for me. Um, and, and how you carry yourself and present yourself, because if you're nervous speaking to two individuals, how are you going to be able to function with five to 10, you know, within the building, you know, et cetera, you know, uh, if you're, if you're a little too timid, I, then you wouldn't be able to overcome that maybe, you know, I, I don't know, but, uh, also, you know, having a good attitude. As long as you have a really good attitude and, you know, you're not too timid enough to even have more than a single word answers for every question, yeah. then, you know, that would be a higher consideration than, you know, the opposite.
0: <laughs> okay. So on the other hand, who is clearly not getting a job?
1: Um. The uh, just an example the timid little girl that comes in that wants the job but is too shy to even really answer any of your questions that you're throwing at them, you know. And and if she does answer, it'd be just like single word, yes or no kind of stuff, and not elaborating Mm. on anything, you know.
0: Okay, so when somebody comes in, let's say I'm I get hired. And I'm like, yes, working in cannabis. How how long before I'm out on the floor working myself? Like, what sort of training do you guys have to to get me up to speed?
1: Well, everything is like uh, you will be assigned the most senior tender. Okay. To basically, you shadow for the first week of your entire you know shift, and uh, he's going to teach you everything that he knows basically. And of course there's always problems here and there that the manager has to step in and then let them know different uh things that they would also need to know and be obligated with in the marijuana industry, you know, but it's always best to just put them out on the floor right away. Right. Yeah. To be able to learn how to interact. What would be your tactic that you decide to adopt when you're set free, you know?
0: Yeah, so what are some of those tactics?
1: Well, how you engage is always first, you know, is always key. How you first engage with the the customer, you know, you make your eye contact, give them a warm greeting, you know, et cetera. But it all would depend on their personality, how they would first make their tactic, you know, after that first initial greeting, you know. Yeah. But if you're just acting like a, you're just, obligated to be there and you're just there for a paycheck you know more than likely you're not going to sell much and more than likely you're probably not going to get any gratuity on top of it so it's always best just to be personable and and you know warm with the people
0: yeah how long is a shift
1: uh that depends i mean with that whole covid thing man it (laughs) was it was horrible because going to half staff stuff it was It was like a 12-hour shift for everybody yeah, uh, because everything was short-staffed. So that was pretty hectic. Um, Right now, how we have our store set up for the moment until this whole thing kind of goes away, we're doing uh, four on and three off and doing basically 13 hours for two days and then two eight-hour days roughly.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. It can be long days, that's for sure. And yeah. what I've seen is some of the, some of the older people, um, they, they kind of fell off as being able to work at least in retail. And it was primarily because of coronavirus and that in Michigan, we went to curbside. And so it was just a lot of physically running in and out of a building. And, yeah. you know, if you're 50 something years old. Plus like, yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of freaking steps in a day it is and yeah. you know i think that as you mentioned earlier having having senior people around they have a different work ethic they have a different mindset they have a different approach as far as the customer base and to lose them you kind of lose part of that leadership of having the older people around but you know at the at the end of the day it is it is what it is unfortunately and that's kind of a bummer um but yeah Yeah, so you guys didn't – Colorado didn't shut down. Like, you guys didn't cease operations, just had to make adjustments during the – well, shit, we're still in the pandemic. (laughs) It won't end. (laughs) Um, Right.
1: hmm. Yeah, we we had to make adjustments. And they tried curbside here for a little while, and then they deemed that um, basically unsafe because once you're running that to the curb, there's no guarantee that you actually have camera coverage. That far out, oh okay, or you know close enough to be able to identify an individual if something were to arise.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it, it kind of the owners and and teams that I work with they were like scrambling, like okay, but the um, MRA, which is the the regulatory body that oversees cannabis in Michigan. They do a good job of communicating with the industry, and so there was guidance mm-hmm. and bulletins coming out, like oh, a couple couple hours every day. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but the but the employment process is very different. Where you guys have your your badges, where you go into Denver and you know, you get your basically it looks like a, a vertical driver's license. We don't have those here. Um, oh wow! So it's it's a very different system. So. Where and believe me, and correct me if I'm wrong, where your card is basically like an employment passport for a year. Or I think it's a year or two. Um, uh,
1: two years. Okay,
0: but so that basically means that if you were at cannabis company A and you went to cannabis company B, the card just says, "Yeah, the state says that I have permission to work in the industry." Unless unless you do something that disqualifies you. I mean, whatever. Correct. Whatever that is. But so it makes it very easy for you guys to have transitional employees or have people come in for gigs. And that was something that I advocated for very, very early on for Michigan's medical marijuana program. And it didn't take, I went, okay, well, that's going to be a bottleneck in hiring. And if somebody leaves cannabis company A and they go to cannabis company B, then we have to restart the hiring process over again. So, wow, yeah, it's uh it's kind of a pain in the butt, and it's there's just not a there's just there there's other bigger issues going on right now within the industry that nobody's really focused on that one. But uh, that was something that we tried to copy that I advocated to copy and paste from your guys's program that just didn't take here. Mm-hmm. So you get that where do you have like fill in people from from another company or from? from a different store come in and fill in at your stores? Is there any of that going on? Uh, Not to my
1: knowledge. And even uh, say the company I work for, if uh, you actually work at a different dispenser, you have to fully disclose that and see if it's allowed and approved through your existing company. So there's really not too much of the uh, swapping of, blood tenders, et cetera, as far as I know.
0: Yeah. But you guys are pretty saturated in in talent too, though, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you guys have non-competes? Have you seen that in any of the companies out there where you're prohibited from working in another company within a certain number of miles for a certain amount of time? Have you run into any of those yet?
1: Uh, not as of yet, no, but, uh, that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist around here. You know, there's quite a bit of shops and, uh, big chain corporations, you know, that are around here.
0: Yeah. Oh, Brett, you there? Yeah. Hello? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought I lost you for a minute. Oh, sorry about that. No worries. Okay. Yeah. Anything else that uh, that you want to share with with the people out there about your experience working in the industry?
1: Uh. Well, I guess uh, the better you are at engaging with people and, and making them feel like you've known them for a while, the smoother everything goes, and you know, the more stories and that you get to enjoy through the customers that you interact with on a daily because if you're just obligated to be there then never going to be enjoyable for anybody you know
0: yeah so it's kind of like kind of like being a local bartender where it's like oh hey bill hey jim how's your tractor how's your foot how's your wife like kind of like that stuff
1: yeah exactly (laughs) i mean i would get people in there that you know, you talk about uh, their family or whatever that you've never met. That's from three states away, but they're there so often that they kind of make you feel like, you know, you're involved with it. So it's pretty nice.
0: Yeah. You know, I found that people would talk to me about stuff that they wouldn't talk to other people about because they it seemed like we were like in a club, like some taboo club where th- there was some sort of vulnerability and like, oh, you know that I that I use cannabis. Okay, well, I trust you, you're cool. Let me tell you right. everything. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that does happen quite often. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> and it's like uh having the social graces to go, okay, yeah, like I'm I'm genuinely engaging with this person. Like, like I want to hear about your cats and your dogs and your kids and all this stuff, but I cannot stand here for 45 minutes. Like, I, I can't do it. Like, and there's right. there's other people, you know, it's like, so how to operate socially where it's like, okay, have a meaningful connection in an authentic way, but, you know, mm-hmm. keep it moving.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 We, we don't want to hear all 20 stories of the grandkids, but, you know, <laughs> we'll listen to one or two.
0: Right. <laughs> oh yeah i've been trapped a couple times though where it's like okay and there's there's definitely people where you go okay this this person needs a little bit extra time like it's it's interesting the the demographics of the patients mm-hmm. or or the customers it's it's not just the the skateboarders with their tattoos it's more often than not what i found was it was moms and you know, middle-aged or, or young moms who just yeah use cannabis kind of like a glass of wine where the kids went to bed and they would just sit on the couch and be like, oh, cool. I have like an hour of quiet to myself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's, it it, it's interesting. And it's it's interesting seeing, you know, there were people that would be like living in their car and they would spend their last 20 bucks on weed. And I'm like, well, I don't know about your priorities. And then there were places that i would go to that were in gated communities and it was you know two three million dollar house on a lake and i was like holy shit like so it's Mm -hmm. it was in the beginning it was very surprising to me like the sheer spectrum of people that used and then also the stigma so many people just did not want anybody knowing that they used cannabis and there was like this shame about it and yeah I, i think you guys are much further down the road than than michigan is and that's that's cool i mean um every time i come to denver it's like when i smoke i i just can't function i'm just i can't like it just doesn't Mm -hmm. i mean like at all doesn't matter what it is (laughs) so it's just like you know i'll get a i'll be walking around and a pedicab will come up be like oh hey you want to go here and i'm like yeah and i'll be like here pass me a joint i'm like dude i can't like i just I'm t- the whole time, people think I'm a big square because I just like, dude. If I take one rip, I'm toast for like thirteen hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, it just and it's always been like that. I don't know why. It just—it just makes me crazy. Um, but topicals and things like that are, are fantastic, and you know, it's uh, you're kind of you're in a good spot with just a total variety of products. You guys have such a So many different products, be it infused beverages or the topical sobs, sublinguals, gum, the mints, all that stuff. Inhalers. Uh, Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Ice cream, lip balm. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the the lip balm, sex lotion. That was a mind blower. (laughs) I was like, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So we're we're not quite there yet. You guys have a head start on that one yeah is what's the fastest moving thing is it still bud or are people making the the transition to edibles
1: you know uh edibles do go pretty fast in the area that i'm working in but to be honest with you more of the THCA dust and live resins go
0: faster really yeah. Yeah. yeah do you think that's just because of the education that you guys are providing to people about about those different products, what's driving that? Um,
1: I would say partially, yes, uh, because uh, the more information that you can give to the customers about what that product is and the benefits that it could have, you know, for you, considering, you know, or versus the edibles or this and that you know it makes a big difference i would say it makes a big difference but as long as you can get them to look at it usually that sells itself you know (laughs) because of how it looks you know and it's it it sells itself basically sometimes people need a little finessing with information (laughs)
0: yeah yeah Hmm. yeah that's interesting for sure okay well i'm pretty much that's all the questions I've got. Um, any, anything for me, how can I, how can I help you in any way? If what can I do to help you? Uh, I I don't know, but, uh, yeah, totally. (laughs) And hang on to my contact. If, if you need anything, reach out. I mean, if I can't do it, then I can find somebody that probably can. But
1: nice. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, you know, it's uh I tell people that that want to get into the industry, I said the most powerful thing you can do is network. Just get out there and talk to yeah. other people. And I think LinkedIn is is pretty legit legit way to, to get a hold of people. Um so yeah, thanks. Thanks for your insights. Congratulations on the year in the industry. And uh well, thank
1: you appreciate it
0: yeah, to many more
1: <laughs> yes, yes, hopefully yeah and good luck with your whole organization that you're doing there
0: yeah it uh it it's a it's a fight, and i like it <laughs> i like it i yeah. like the challenge i like the problem solving yeah uh, nice. so thank you I appreciate it well, enjoy no the rest of your afternoon thanks for participating brett i I really appreciate it and I know the people that listen to this. Definitely get value out of it. So thank you again. Oh, oh well, I've got a question
1: then. Um, yeah. Where can I find the podcast? Because that is something I never asked or even looked at, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. And I, as a host, I probably dropped the ball on that one too. So <laughs> yeah, thanks for the opportunity to remedy that. So this is the WeedWorks podcast, blunt talk about everything. Oh, nope. It's the WeedWorks podcast, blunt talk about working in marijuana. And it's on Spotify. It's anywhere you get your podcast. So you can listen when you want, where you want, how you want. Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podsprout, Pod this, Pod that. It's it's distributed all, across all major platforms. So it's the Weed Works podcast, blunt talk about working marijuana. Oh, awesome. yeah. So I will definitely look that up. Yeah, I will. Um, I've got a fundraising class in about half an hour and then I'm going to eat lunch and then I'm going to, I'll I'll produce this and I'll publish it tonight. So what I can do is once it's up, I can just drop you a link on LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for participating. If you have any friends or colleagues that, that want to share their stories and insights about working in the industry, then, then just send them my way. I mean, we're, I want to hear from as many corners of the industry as possible. I'm going to try to reach out to an author and see if she'll come on in two weeks. You just wrote a book. Uh, I think it's, I'm going to butcher this. I'm going to have to re-edit the name in. That's the beauty of editing. I can, I can totally fuck something up and then I can just go in and fix it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I was able to reach out to that author. Her name is Heather Cabot. And the name of her book is the new Chardonnay. The unlikely story of how marijuana went mainstream. Heather is looking at her schedule and said that she would be game to come on the podcast in September. Heather also interviewed Bruce Linton for her book, The New Chardonnay. And he was on our pod- he was on our podcast a couple weeks ago. And if you'd like to listen to that podcast episode, then look for Bruce Linton. In the first season of Weed Works, So let's get back to this podcast with Brett. Here we go. So I'm going to see if I can get her on. So, you know, I want to talk to everybody about their experiences and really what I'm looking for are the places that are the good actors. It's like, okay, yeah. Like this is a good place to work at. I'm happy to connect people to work there, but I also Mm want to know about the shit, the shit shows. Because my my private company, Handgrown.jobs, we connect cannabis job seekers to cannabis employers. We're like match.com or Indeed of Weed. So Uh it's something where I I don't take a I don't take a cut of anybody's wage or anything like that. The employers pay me to post a job on on the board and people and people apply. But it's something where Mm -hmm. the industry is so new that I'm sort of a steward. And if I connect someone to an employer and those employers are sexually harassing that person, then then that person is going to come to me and they're going to go, Hey, what the hell, Matt? Why'd you send me there? What? what right. games? So it's part of protecting my professional reputation, but also it's, I know a little bit more about the industry than the layperson, So I try to kick the tires and due diligence on, on companies at large, but any company that I do business with on handgrown jobs, we vetted. I've, I've had extensive conversations with the owners and the executives, the boards, most of the, most of the management team I've, I've, I've placed there. So I know these companies intimately. So I know it's a matter of time until we get those, those bad actors. And I want to find them. And I want to point them out very quickly and say, Hey, you know what, these guys are not the guys that we want to do business with. And I think that there was a, a high profile example of that. Out of your state and in Florida, that kind of went belly up recently. So, <laughs> um, yeah, just trying to share the information and and put the best foot forward for the industry as possible because it there are so many challenges facing these businesses. One because it's new and it's new industry, and there's so many there's such a negative negative stigma around it still that we don't need we don't need in, workplaces, treating people poorly uh, to compound on those problems and then tarnish the reputations of other businesses, especially in, especially in a place like Michigan where municipalities are, are watching. It's a keeping up with the Jones situation. And they're watching their, their neighbors. And if a municipality has a cannabis operation within their town and it's kind of like, a shit show on a wild west then another municipality is going to go yeah i'm glad we didn't get in because look at the mess and the nightmare next door and that that kills job opportunities which people need and it also hurts the patients and the people that we serve because instead of being able to go right downtown five minutes away from their house to get what they need they may have to drive two or three hours to get the same you know, to get the same product. So it's really just about being a good actor and 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 trying to keep everything as on the up and up as possible.
1: But Yeah, well there may be a lot more people like that and good for you for doing that.
0: Well it, yeah, it, yeah. It, that does that turns it off for a lot of people, a lot of things. It does. It does. And everybody looked at Colorado as the model and I think there were so many things that you guys have done right out there. And in in the Midwest, Michigan is the Colorado. I mean, we're we're mm-hmm. a huge market, and we're we're right in the middle of the country. And so people are looking at us and how we behave and how we treat people. And you know, I think that it's something that most certainly within our lifetime that there'll be international commerce. I mean, internet. There will be yeah, there'll be international commerce without a doubt. But interstate commerce, and we need to see mm-hmm. some uniform policy you know, across yeah across the country. But if if it's a if it's a hot mess, then that doesn't work. And the, the policies, you know, when we look at Colorado compared to Michigan, compared to Illinois, compared to Maine, compared to New York, compared to Missouri and Florida, <laughs> it, the programs are so wildly different. The requirements for the businesses are so different that it can be it can be a little bit challenging for the businesses to go multi-state and there are, there are plenty that do, but Mm -hmm. the work remains the same, you know, customer service and sharing information is the same in Colorado is the same as Michigan. I mean, a lot of the jobs are, are same, same. So yeah, that's the, that's the life's work. I love it. I love it. It's fun. All
1: right. I enjoy it as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's really what I want for other people is, I love my work. You love your work. So let's get other people to love their work too. And then working with people that are happy makes me all the more happy. So
1: thanks for yeah, it's a morale thing.
0: it. It is absolutely. So thanks for taking the time, Brett. I appreciate it. And if you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to put this show together and I will send you a link probably in five or six hours.
1: All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks for inviting me. And uh, it, was, it was fun being on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. It's time for the after interview review. That was a call with Brett. He has advanced from an entry-level position as a bud tender to an AGM out in Colorado. And yeah, I wanted to thank Brett I just keep thanking him and thanking him and thanking him. But it's so nice to hear from people in the field. And that was interesting. There were things that I I didn't think about because I'm not boots on the ground in Colorado that I went, oh, wow, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. So it's really cool to get a different perspective. So if you are a listener that works in the cannabis industry and you want to share your perspective about working at your company and your state or your town, then reach out to us. We, we definitely want to hear that firsthand field report. And you can reach out to us, LinkedIn, Matt Hoffman, or email contact at rcannabis.org, contact at ourcannabis.org. That gets an email into us. And if you're a person that wants to get into the industry, then subscribe to the WeedWorks podcast, one talk about working in marijuana. And you can also reach out to us if you need help with a resume or you have thoughts, questions, concerns about getting into the cannabis industry. Then you can send an email to us at contact at rcannabis.org, contact at O-U-R And that's pretty much the email for any point of contact to the WeedWorks podcast. So I think that it's awesome that Brett has got a year under his belt. That's, that's freaking sweet. <laughs> oh man, I pushed the wrong button. <laughs> I told you guys I suck at this. <laughs> All right, let's see if we get this right. The button that I wanted is this one. there we go all right we're getting the hang of it i just want you to know that uh i practice what i i practice what i preach you know when i'm saying hey learn something new take on new challenges that's exactly what i've been doing for the last eight months with the podcasting in the studio and starting the nonprofit organization i i understand intimately how challenging it can be to start a new career and enter into something not knowing anything about it so I figured I would leave this in to show you how the struggle is real. (laughs) All right, let's get back to the show. So yeah, congratulations, Brett. And it was interesting to find out that the, the base salaries were lower in Colorado than they were in here in Michigan. So good for good for us here in Michigan. Yeah, it was, it was also interesting thinking about how many businesses there are in one area. Now, we saw that years ago you know, in, in Lansing and in Arbor and Detroit, where there was just a high concentration of dispensaries just on one street. And we still see that through local zoning, but not 30, not 30 in one little town. And that's across Colorado. That's across Colorado. If you haven't been to Colorado, definitely go. It's It's definitely worth checking out. It'll blow your mind the sheer variety of, of products and, and how many dispensaries there are. It's, it's definitely worth a a trip out there after coronavirus thinking about how that affects the sector over there because there's so many dispensaries, it seems like people can get away with slacking or with not giving a shit and sort of having that, that whatever attitude that Brett described, you know, it's like, yeah, whatever you're bothering me, go somewhere else. Like that was a mind blower to me because that, that type of behavior just doesn't go on here. And if it does probably get fired. So <laughs> um, yeah, so that was, that was cool. I really enjoyed that. If you want to hear more podcasts like this, then make sure you subscribe to the weed works podcast. and talk about working marijuana. This has been Matt Hoffman and I'm going to sign off for the day. And I look forward to seeing you in the cannabis field. <laughs> Thank you.